Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Ole Miss fans, fasten your seatbelts. This is the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. It's your chance to talk Ole Miss sports with Rebel coaches and your host, Chuck Roundsville of the Ole Miss Spirit, covering Ole Miss sports for 35 years. Are you ready? We're ready. Are you ready? The lines are open at 888-808-8637. Let's play, fellas. Now, let's talk Ole Miss sports with Chuck. Howdy, howdy, Rebel Nation. Welcome to the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. I'm joined by my sidekick, Mr. Yancey Porter. Yancey, how's it going, buddy? Going great. How about you? Yeah, can't complain. Uh, had a little small recruiting weekend over the weekend, right? Very small. A couple uh, of guys visited? Yeah, I had several juniors, but uh, more to the plate uh, with Byron Young, key defensive lineman out of Laurel, mm-hmm. West Jones. He was in, him and his family, over the weekend, and... That was it for the senior prospects, but that was definitely a very important one. Yeah, I saw him uh, sitting with Matt Luke at the basketball game Saturday. Mm-hmm. Seemed to be enjoying himself. We'll see how that pans out in a couple of weeks. It's That's just it. A couple of weeks till signing day. That's right. Now, is he committed to Alabama? He's committed to Bama. And He'll visit State and LSU over the last two weekends. He is. And okay. then we'll see how it goes. Okay. But his parents did come with him? Did come. Well, that's always important. It I was. Think. They got to see Oxford. You know, got to go to the game and see the town, the square after you know a basketball game on Saturday. Great crowd in town. Uh, you know, they rolled the red carpet out and said it went. You know, I hear it went as hoped, uh, as I was told. And you know, they're in it, but uh, you know, they're fighting the school with seventeen national championships and a fifty million dollar complex. So yeah. you know, it's uh, it's it's tough, but uh, they're 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 going to battle. Well, we'll see. We'll see how it pans out. Uh, obviously, he's a, a key prospect, uh, and uh, the Rebels need to land two or three really, really top-notch guys in this uh, second – I call it the secondary signing period, but really it's <laughs> – The second signing period. Yeah. The late signing period, is, yeah. we'll just call it now. Late signing period. Um and uh, tonight we're going to – Kermit Davis is on the road traveling with his team going over to Tuscaloosa, but he's going to try to come on at about 640 um, and give us just a few minutes. Uh, he's so busy, and, and like I say, traveling with the team, it's kind of difficult to square up with him tonight. But uh, we'll give it a shot, and he said he'd give it a shot. Yeah, he was out right after the game. He flew out to go see – his uh, number one prospect that could reclassify to 2019, which he would sign and be a freshman next year, uh, uh, Brakefield. So it's, um, you know, he is definitely on the go. I mean, there's no celebrating victories or anything. He's just boom, bam, boom. And they play Alabama at 8 tomorrow night in Tuscaloosa. Uh, Bama's tough there. They beat Kentucky there. Man, they're tough. And uh, Lost two. I mean, yeah. Chuck, I don't know if you saw the A&M shot. They hit about a 30-footer 
down two and Alabama miss a front end one and one as they did in Tennessee this past game. Yeah. So, you know, they're going to have blood in their mouth. It is going to be a big uh, challenge for the Rebels on Tuesday. What's on tap brought to you by the Library Sports Bar, home of the big screen televisions. You can watch all kinds of sports there. Uh, I'm sure in two weeks when the Super Bowl's on, that'll be on at the at the library for sure. Oxford's most popular watering hole on the square. 120 South. Well, never mind. Everybody knows where the library is. Tonight we'll have Ben Garrett on at 615, and we're going to talk to him about some basketball and some baseball. And then we'll try to have Kermit on at around 640 for a few minutes. Uh, we're not sure if we'll get him or not, as we said earlier, but we're going to do our best, and so is he. But we'll be right back after these important messages from our wonderful sponsors on the Cannon Motors Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. Hang tight. Our customers have trusted us for over 60 years, and we're proud to continue serving you. Shop our inventory online 24-7 at nobodybeatsacannondale.com or stop by our dealership on Highway 6 West to test drive the new family-sized Chevy Suburban, the confident Chevy Tahoe, and the dependable Chevy Silverado. And remember, when the smoke clears, nobody beats a Cannondale. Nobody. Chevrolet, find new roads. If you own an SUV or light truck, finding the perfect tire just got a whole lot easier. Let Gateway Tire and Service Centers show you what the Geolander HT GO56 can do for your daily drive. Thanks to an advanced all-season compound and unique tread features, it is one of the longest-lasting light truck tires on the road. See them today at Gateway and find out about the 70,000-mile warranty. Check out the new Geolander HT GO56 at Gateway Tire and Service Center and see what could be the perfect tire for your light truck or SUV. Millions of little moments make our lives whole. From the moment your heart melted, <laughs> say hi to your baby girl, to the moment your heart dropped. He proposed, Mom. At Ceasefire, we get it. For that, my little girl's getting married moment. You're texting everyone, aren't you? No. <laughs> Maybe. Moments like this inspire everything we do. Ceasefire, customer inspired. For a limited time, take up to $500 off a new smartphone when you switch. See cspire.com for details. The farm provides us with many things, and it means many things. From crops to cattle, poultry, and timber, the farm is vital to our everyday lives. It's a place to enjoy the outdoors and where many traditions are born. Whatever the farm means to you, let First South Farm Credit finance it. We're ready to help you make your dream of land ownership are farming your own land a reality? Visit FirstSouthland.com. Equal housing lender. This is the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. The lines are open at 888-808-8637. And now, back to the Rebel Yell Hotline. Yeah. 
All right, welcome back. Cannon Motors, Mississippi Rebel Deal Hotline. Um, is your phone a little rough around the edges? Finally, there's a single place you can trust for all your phone repairs, C Spire. C Spire stores from Brandon to Tupelo are now a certified phone repair location. They can fix any problem on any device from any carrier. In most cases, while you wait, stop by today. C Spire customer inspired. Uh, Yancey, um, the Rebels have a big week this week, and we're going to talk with uh, Ben about it. Yeah. Uh, Alabama at Alabama, and then a really good Iowa State team coming in here out of the Big 12. Uh, they're right now, they're uh, what? I think they're fourteen and four overall, they're, and maybe four and two in the. They're in top the twenty-five net ranking. Yeah, that's, you know that's the only thing I look at. I don't look at RPIs, schedules, any. You know that's they're going to use that directly to select the tournament mm-hmm. and uh, the seedings and even the NITs. So that's just what I look at, and it's a top twenty-five opportunity. It's yep. going to be big. They I think beat. Alabama's in the thirties too. So I mean, you win these two games, and Ole Miss is currently twenty-four. They could move up, you know, reasonably around the 15 area mm-hmm. and really solidify themselves. Iowa State beat Kansas earlier in the year at Iowa State, 77 to 60. They play Kansas tonight. Kansas is 15 and three at Kansas at eight o'clock. So if you're watching ESPN, they beat Texas tonight. Tech the week before last too. Texas and State Oklahoma State, number five. I know people yeah. aren't used to Tech being a Basketball powerhouse, but they got a really good team this year. Common opponent, they lost to Baylor seventy-three to seventy at Baylor. Yeah, we beat Baylor in a, on neutral site seventy-eight to seventy. So yeah, uh, really good, uh, good matchup coming up Saturday, and that's at uh, what time? Eleven a.m. It's at eleven, isn't it? I don't know. I think it's in the morning. Yeah, no. uh, all right, Tom. Yeah, it is. But LSU. You know. I mean, Florida and. Georgia played at 11 this past week. Yeah. So um, I like it. Let's go to the control room for the Ole Miss Sports News. Take it away, Mr. Jack Schultz. Rhino. It's time now for Ole Miss Sports News, brought to you by Rebel Rags on Jackson Avenue, Oxford. Tell them about it, Molly. Rebel Rags. Anything, everything, Ole Miss. Howdy, Toddy. You're listening to the latest Ole Miss News on Rebel Yell Hotline. The Ole Miss basketball team split a pair of home games last week, losing to LSU on Tuesday night before dominating Arkansas on Saturday. The Rebels remain ranked number 20 in the AP Top 25 this week. Kermit Davis's team has another significant week ahead. The Rebels travel to face Alabama and Tuscaloosa tomorrow at 8 p.m., and then they host Big 12 foe Iowa State on Saturday at 11 a.m. in the Pavilion. The women's basketball program had one of its biggest weeks in recent memory. They knocked off number 16 Kentucky last week and then stole a second straight SEC victory over Florida at home yesterday. They have a tall task ahead, though, with road contests at Vanderbilt on Thursday and at Mississippi State on Sunday. In baseball, Parker Caracy and Thomas Dillard were named preseason All-Americans by D1 Baseball. The Diamond Rebels are ranked number 10 to begin the 2019 season. Swayze Field will be packed in about a month. That's the latest news in Oxford. I'm Jack Schultz. Back to Chuck and Yancey. All right. Thank you, Jack. Good job as usual. Uh, Yancey, I'm not an NFL guy. I didn't watch any, you know I am. any of the championship games yesterday. Yeah. But there's so much uproar on our message board about the referee. And I, so I went and looked it up. I saw the no call yeah. against the Saints yeah. uh, in the Saints and the Rams game. 
egregious, terrible, terrible no call. Then I watched they were more complaining about the uh, uh, Patriots, some of the calls in that game where uh, Chris Jones, former Mississippi State defensive tackle, now hey, defensive tackle. pad, and they called it up. Yeah, uh, hitting in the helmet. Yeah. I saw the video of that. That's another terrible call that uh, directly led to – which it was an incomplete. You know. It was going to be fourth and uh, fourth and nine there, and then it went yeah. to first and ten. Obviously, yeah. with fifteen and, and yards. You I, know, I, mean, I, I, I just don't understand uh, how referees they, in those kind of games can get those critical calls that wrong. Well, they uh, simple. Uh, I think is that you break it down. You don't go back and review every penalty, especially holding. I mean, you could sit there. You know, and find this or that, but you don't review those plays. But I think they they need to start reviewing, you know, the penalties like pass interference or or you know hands to the head, just to make sure it is like they do with the catch mm-hmm. or not. Just go over and start reviewing not all penalties, but define which ones can be reviewed. And in both of those, pass interference and hands to the head is easy to see if it's if it is correct or not. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what they need to do. Well, and I thought I thought, uh, but it would have been a no call. They just so there wouldn't have been an interference to review. Well, they just Um, swallowed the whistle there because I thought that was also could have been called targeting. It was. It was either one that you wanted. But look, the Saints had another play after that and to score, and they didn't, or just to get a first down on third and six, I believe. Now, yeah, it directly did affect, but you know, then they kick it off, and they could have held them, and they didn't. And you know, I mean, it's there's a lot of plays. Uh, yes, it has a direct effect, but you got to keep going. Yeah, uh, you know. Yeah, but again, I don't, I don't watch the NFL, but uh, I thought that was kind of weird that in the two most important games of the season, both of them were uh, affected by bad, they were. bad officiating. They were, uh, and that's a shame. That's a shame because all those guys worked their butts off all year, and the right team should win. Now, I'm not saying the right team would, is the Saints or the Rams or the Patriots or the Kansas City, but let's don't let games be decided by the refs. But I will say this. I've, I've been noticing in the box scores that uh, NFL games only last like three hours and five minutes. So much better. And and the college games with all these reviews Four and have gotten a half ridiculous, hours. ridiculous. Well, it's not the reviews and as it much as the ads. And yeah, all but that. it's reviews too. They take they take ten twelve minutes for a dang review. The NFL they get their reviews pretty quickly. It seems like, um, but again, I don't watch it, so I don't know. But it just seems like it's a more efficient process for the reviewing. Um, and more, more than the when the reviews that go to the SEC office. Yeah, I mean, what? Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. All right, well, we'll be right back with Mr. Ben Garrett after these important messages from our wonderful sponsors on the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. Hang tight. Cannon, our customers have trusted us for over 60 years, and we're proud to continue serving you. Shop our inventory online 24-7 at nobodybeatsacannondale.com or stop by our dealership on Highway 6 West to test drive the new family-sized Chevy Suburban, the confident Chevy Tahoe, and the dependable Chevy Silverado. And remember, when the smoke clears, nobody beats a Cannondale, 
nobody. Chevrolet, find you roads. If you own an SUV or light truck, finding the perfect tire just got a whole lot easier. Let Gateway Tire and Service Centers show you what the Geolander HT Geo 5.6 can do for your daily drive. Thanks to an advanced all-season compound and unique tread features, it is one of the longest-lasting light truck tires on the road. See them today at Gateway and find out about the 70,000-mile warranty. Check out the new Geolander HT Geo 5.6 at Gateway Tire and Service Center and see what could be the perfect tire for your light truck or SUV. Millions of little moments make our lives whole. From the moment your heart melted, <laughs> say hi to your baby girl, to the moment your heart dropped, he proposed, Mom. At Ceasefire, we get it. For that, my little girl's getting married moment. You're texting everyone, aren't you? No. <laughs> Maybe. Moments like this inspire everything we do. Ceasefire, customer inspired. For a limited time, take up to $500 off a new smartphone when you switch. See cspire.com for details. Avanek and Steinman is chosen for its excellence, brilliance, and fire. Avanek and Mount is then chosen for its intricate craftsmanship and detailing. Whether the mount is a beautiful crafted piece from the past or a specially designed piece from the present, the results are the same. Wow. When you want to say forever, say it with class, say it with love. But most of all, say it with a Van Ackes diamond because you know she's worth it. Van Ackes Jewelers Store at downtown New Albany or VanAckens.com. This is the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. The lines are open at 888-808-8637. And now, back to the Rebel Yell Hotline. All right, welcome back. Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. We are now pleased to be joined by Mr. Ben Garrett, uh, who covers uh, men's basketball and baseball. Better than anybody. Better than anybody for us at uh, Ole Miss Spirit on the 247 Network. And uh, also, you know, <laughs> does a lot of football, Talk of Champions podcast, a wildly popular podcast. How's it going, Ben? Oh man, you're gonna make me blush, man. You keep complimenting, <laughs> complimenting me like this. I'm, this is a weird place to be, you know. I'm yeah. scared. How are y'all? We're good, brother. We're good. Uh, well, you're not used to me fussing at you. I don't fuss at you. <laughs> no, I, that just usually is reserved for Yancey. You're, you're no. usually good, you know. No. I'm used to Yancey calling at eleven and, and, and saying something, but no, you're, yeah. you're you're good. You're good. You're All right, all, so uh, real. Real quickly before we get into the, I'm gonna we're gonna do baseball first, then we'll do basketball uh, in a little bit. Um, give us your take on those AFC Championship games and and uh, what you feel like should be done to keep something like that from happening again. I, again, I'm not an NFL fan, so my opinion doesn't mean anything. I think making pass interference a reviewable call would be a good first step. But the biggest problem for me right now is that the Cowboys weren't playing yesterday. So um, I was angry <laughs> to begin with. I will say that um, one thing that has been abundantly clear for years now is that the NFL overtime rules are ridiculous. I think it's absurd that uh, the biggest determinant of whether or not a team wins is who wins the coin toss. Um, I, I think each team should possess the ball. And quite frankly, college football has a lot of things wrong, but the one thing they definitely have right is 
um, overtime rules because both teams possess it. You got to get a stop, and it's just back and forth. And um, at the end of the day, these are games, and they're supposed to be fun. So why would you not put in rules that make the game more fun? And um, I, I have no problem acknowledging that Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. I have no problem um, acknowledging that they won fair and square and, and went for a touchdown and won by the rules. But I think everyone would have liked to have seen Patrick Mahomes possess the ball one time, um, and we were not afforded that because of the NFL's arcane um, overtime rules. So that's the biggest thing for me. You have to change the overtime rules and then make pass interference reviewable, but I would just like for the Cowboys to make an NFC championship game for the first time since 1995. That'd be, that'd be really nice. I've enjoyed y'all uh, being on the on the sidelines, so to speak, for the last, yeah, what, 20 you, years. I know you have. Yeah, it's been, 20, yeah, it's been 24. But, yeah, I, I know you. I know how you felt because, you know. Look, as a Steeler fan, you know, there's still yeah, no love loss when, for the Cowboys. Yeah, you remember when Neil O'Donnell got his ass whipped, and it's great. So, yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been good. Hey, uh, hey. Ben, he's he's not a Steeler fan. He's a Stiller fan. Yes, I don't. I've never understood that Stiller. And the way he said it too, he go, he'll come mad and he's so upset. The Stellers, Stellers, the Stellers, yeah. Okay. Hey, but but I I hate to tell both y'all. The Steelers nor the Cowboys belonged in the championship game. Know, Don't put us up there with Dallas. Now. Yeah. We, You're right there with the them. Team. You lost the same time they did. We had the, we had the team. On a, on just too much drama. Yeah, y'all, y'all just got yeah. drama. We just got an aptitude. I know. We got what the Cowboys used to have, drama. All right, yeah. you, uh, yeah. Ben, you listened to Mike Bianco on Rebel Yell Hotline last week and um, listened to – the whole thing, and what what were some of the key points you gleaned from that segment on here? Uh, you know, I know later on, after the fact, you told me that there's no surprise that Will Etheridge was going to be the the Friday starter. But what else did you get out of that? Yeah, that was the biggest takeaway to start. Is um, Will Etheridge being the Friday night guy is, is certainly where the way in which this was trending. It's kind of been trending this way as he's blown up in the bullpen for the last two years. But uh, in the fall season, he was the first guy to take take the mound um, in, in both inner squads for both starting sessions. And it, it seemed obvious that Will Efford is going to be a Friday night guy. That wasn't a surprise. It's just he's, that's the next step for him. He's been the uh, bullpen ace for two years. Now it's his time to be in the week of the staff for the weekend. Um, the only reason he wasn't in the week of the staff is because, obviously, they had three really good candidates and also how valuable he was coming out of the pen. But I think uh, another big, big takeaway for me was – the path for Gunnar Hoglund, usually you see under Mike Zanko, he'd go the way of, of starting his talented freshman arms in the bullpen to start and let him ease their way in. Um, I think there's a little bit better chance that Gunnar Hoglund could be the third guy or second guy in the rotation than there was for even a Ryan Robinson or Lance Glenn or Drew Pomeranz. But the, the way in which he, he framed it, he said he's going to have to go out there and earn it. Now, he comes back later in that interview and says, he had probably the second best fall to Will Etheridge of any of any arm we had. So uh, that was a big takeaway take for me is the way in which he framed the Gunnar Hoglund, um, how uh, the debate and how he's going to balance it. I think Gunnar Hoglund right now's greatest value is in the rotation. So if you look at Houston Roth, he's probably going to be one of those other three guys. But Gunnar Hoglund's really important for them, kind of taking over for Will Etheridge as that bullpen ace, um, leading into Parker Creation at the back end, and they have a lot of talented talented uh, freshman arms in the bullpen as well. Doug McKaysey and uh, Caleb Hill being two of the names that you, you're certainly going to hear a lot of as they prepare for the season uh, later, you know, starting now and then later on to the month and on into February. So they, they have a lot of talented arms. I know that's the big question mark, but that's to, to see 
how it could come together, starting with Will Etheridge and then the way in which Gunnar Hodgson could fall into play here, I thought was the biggest takeaway because you know what Ole Miss has in the field, and it might confirm it in your interview with them. Cooper Johnson's going to be the catcher to start. Thomas Dill is going to be in there, but they really like what they have, and it doesn't just end with those two. Everywhere else, they're pretty much settled. Maybe Carl Jindal takes over in center and Ryan Olympic stays in right. Maybe that's something that can come into play, but they need spots for Chase Cockrell and uh, Tim Elko and a number of different bats. And Jacob Adams could factor in the outfield, for example, if Anthony Savidia, like I widely expect to happen, ends up starting second base. I mean, there's a few maybe question marks in the field, but you know what they have. The real question mark is how do you balance all these arms, but the good thing for Ole Miss, as Mike said, is that they – they have uh, no shortage of arms to, to to make up for the losses of Ryan Ross and Brayden Seidel and James McCarthy. They're they're fine. I actually think on paper, and we know what it, what it means for a team to be good on paper. But whatever, for what it's worth, I think this team is better on paper going into this year than they were even last year when they won 48 games. Will they win 48? Will they host a regional again? I don't know. But I, I think that as a team, they're even better now on, on paper than they were before last year. And I think the preseason rankings being 11th. And, 10th and 13th, whatever they are, kind of buried that out. This is a really good team. And um, they, they've kind of hit the ground running already with instructs starting last week. Do you think uh, Cooper Johnson's ready to hit SEC pitching and, and make himself a dual threat offensively and defensively? We know how he is behind the plate, but we need a little more offense out of him, don't we? Yeah, yeah, they have to. I mean, this is this is it for him. I mean, this is kind of put up or shut up time, right? I mean, if there was ever a time for Cooper Johnson – to step up and be the regular guy, it's now. I mean, he was destined to play this role from the minute he arrived as a, as a highly ranked, um, prominent, you know, accomplished player coming out of high school. And yet, it's just never clicked for him offensively. And he was always expected to be a strong defensive catcher. And yet, it cropped up throughout the course of his first two years the pass balls and things of that nature, the framing issues that just didn't allow him to stick to where Nick Fortes, who was as consistent as they come, where they would have loved to play at any number of different positions, becomes the primary catcher. They won 48 games last year. So Cooper Johnson has to be good. I mean, it needs to start there because, yes, they, they love what they have behind him. But they would like for his experience and for knowing this league and knowing the staff and guiding the staff, they would like for him to be the guy and to be the guy from, from day one. But they, have no, they will have no issue if he doesn't improve offensively or show offensively of going – um, to their catching depth and replacing him. So, for really, for for honestly, it's it's put up or shut up time for him. He's got to go out there and perform. And um, I, he had a good fall, but he's had good falls before. It's time to have a good spring and um, to bring something with with the bat. So, I think Cooper's one of the obvious guys that has to step up and be good. Um, but I, I think his his mentality's right. His approach is right. He really handled last year well. Um, can you bottle all that up? and have a productive year, I don't know. But I think that uh, Cooper Johnson certainly positioned himself to at least make a run at a good year. And uh, they would love to see him emerge because he'd be a huge part of this. Yancey says this team is destined for the World Series. He stuck his neck out there oh, pretty God. good, Ben. I say they have the capability if the weekend pitch is strong, <laughs> but it also takes some luck and great play when it counts so, the most. What say you? Well, you got to remember that they were destined for Omaha last year. They had one bad day against Tennessee Tech, one bad day, yeah. and that ended their season. So that was one of the most accomplished seasons Ole Miss has ever had, regular seasons that Ole Miss has ever had. And they're just as good on paper, if not better, going into this year than they were last year. So, yeah, it's on paper. 
I fully expect Ole Miss to be a postseason team. I mean, this team looks set up to make a run at Omaha. If they don't make it to Omaha, that should be a disappointment because they're that good. But it's about your draw. It's about uh, how can you perform in the postseason. And we saw how that worked out last year. They had everything set up for them, and yet they still weren't able to make it. So I, I think that they're without question a postseason team. To try to predict the postseason for Ole Miss baseball uh, is is – Impossible. It's an impossible task. So I think that they're well positioned. They have everything set up for them. They're they're better on paper than they were last year. But where they end up, I'm not prepared to predict anything other than they'll be in the postseason. Can you get over the hump and not have that one bad day that sinks you? Um, I think that they certainly have the capability to to go out there and compete and go to Omaha and win World Series. Let me expand on that, Chuck. What I predict is there'll be a national scene. <laughs> anything can oh. happen in a postseason tournament. You have one bad day like Ole Miss had last year. When you have a rain out, you play two in one day. It can happen. But I will be very surprised if they're not an, another national seed next year. The one thing Ole Miss didn't have last year, they had everything, was left-handed pitchers coming out of the bullpen. They'll have it mm-hmm. this year. There, there's not one spot that you can say Ole Miss doesn't have. This is the most well-rounded team that they've had, and that includes the, the Stephen Head years. Uh, I think this will be their best team on paper that we've seen yet under the Bianco era. Well, there's still some unproven weekend pitching now. I think you're. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I know what I, Etheridge I, can do. Yeah. I know what Golson can do. I know what uh, Hogland can do. Um, no, you don't. Not yeah. in those roles, you don't. Well, not until they prove it. Yeah, I, I saw him pitch out there in the fall a few times. It, it, they're going. They're going to have the pitching, Chuck. I, uh, it just comes down to what happens during the postseason got, tournament. Oh, wait a minute. We're going we're gonna to get you back right after the break, okay, brother? All good, man. All right. We'll be right back after these important messages from our wonderful sponsors on the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. Hang tight. This is the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. The lines are open at 888-808-8637. And now, back to the Rebel Yell Hotline. Welcome back, Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. We're joined now by Mr. Ben Garrett, uh, taking the second part of his interview. Uh, ben, basketball game, 84-67, one a really good bounce-back win over Arkansas, uh, led by Tyree and Davis, which you expect. But to me, the difference in the game was uh, Dom getting 13 points, Bruce mm-hmm. Stevens getting 14 points and seven boards, and D.C. Davis Given seven points and, and and just playing a pretty solid game in his first start in place of uh I don't want to say injured but suffering a little bit Devontae Schuler at point guard. No doubt about it. And Devontae is hobbled and I think the way in which Trump Davis balanced his rotation 
is kind of what you can expect to see, at least for the foreseeable future. Now, he was quick to say Devontae Shuler still old Mrs. Point Guard. He's still old Mrs. Point Guard. But he played 25 minutes on Saturday, and that was the lowest minutes per game he's played all year. So I think that you'll see a little bit of that balance to where uh, D.C. Davis could play a lot more early. He started on Saturday. Maybe he doesn't start against Alabama. Devontae is in that starting role. But even if he is, D.C. will play early. Um, you'll see a little bit of Zach Naylor mixed in, maybe a little Luis Rodriguez that you didn't see him on Saturday, and certainly reaching to the depth, the little depth that Ole Miss, has, Ole Miss has to compensate for Devontae not being on the floor. So basically what you're doing is you're keeping Devontae out of game action where you can. Maybe you go up 11 points and you can get a couple of minutes out of Zach Naylor or Luis Rodriguez, whoever it might be on that given day. But um, there's the biggest thing to follow for almost of this final 14 games is how much Devontae Shuler can actually play. They're calling yeah. it a stress reaction on the top of his foot, but if it's a stress reaction, a stress fracture, whatever you want to say, it's a stress <laughs> fracture. Either there's a precursor or it is one. That's and right. It's something that you're not going to be healthy until you sit for at least six weeks. And that's almost like three months, preferably. Yeah, you'd hope that you can do that in the off season. So they're going to keep them rehabbing constantly, keep them uh, held out of practices when they can. But it's going to have an effect on his play. It did on Saturday. I mean, he's one for six from the field. In his 25 minutes, he had a plus minus and negative two. That was far away the working team. Um, he couldn't rise and fire like he used to have seen with, with a shot. And he wasn't aggressive going to the rim. But he still played really good defense. And uh, his lack of points was made up for by D.C. Davis. He scored seven. And then Dom was unstoppable in the first half. And then Bert Stevens had a really good second half. And that was by design. They said Dom early. And they, they played some matchup stuff going against Daniel Gafford in the NBA lottery pick. So, they did a really good job of managing those minutes. But Alabama, that's a good team, and they're tough on the road. Can you really get, get away with not having Devontae give you much of anything offensively? I don't think so. I think they're going to have to get something from him. And if that means still bouncing the minutes but maybe getting getting shots designed for him, I don't know. Uh, I don't. I think this is a big, tough test for him. If they can get through it, all the better. But Ole Miss has positioned itself at 14-3 uh, with 14 left to where – if they could get to 20 wins and 10 wins in the league, which means six and seven, uh, they can certainly make the NCAA tournament with a 21 record. And uh, they're, they've got, I think, three quadrant one wins, maybe four quadrant one wins now. Um, now I think that Vanderbilt win is going to end up not being a quadrant one because Vanderbilt just can't win anymore. But they've done enough to where their resume is so strong. They can survive not having a monstrous finish. Just continue to hold serve, continue to play well, Get wins when you can. This is the toughest stretch they're in. If they can, over their next four, go two and two, they're still right in the position they need to be. And uh, they're doing everything up to this point to expect them to do so. So um, they, they maybe can compensate for this. But Devontae's the storyline of the rest of the year. Can he stay healthy? And, and for Three. one game at least, he was able to. Three things struck out to me uh, Saturday. And one uh, tip of the cap to the Ole Miss fan base. Uh, responding with a full house after a loss yeah. the previous Tuesday to LSU, uh, they they know a good product when they see it, and they responded by supporting. The other thing was, I thought it was very critical for Ole Miss to get out to a quick start, and and uh, Kermit set them up with a couple of pick and rolls early with uh, Dom that that they hadn't been using a lot this year, so a new look. Uh, Terrence to Dom on the pick and roll from the from the free throw line, and then on defense, doubling down on 
Daniel Gafford, I thought, was a stroke of genius. Held him to nine points for the game, and as you said, he's an NBA guy. Uh, so I think those things, the crowd and Kermit's coaching moves, really set the tone for the game. Yeah, exactly. for sure. Yeah. I'm sorry, Ben. Uh, I'll be short with it. Uh, you know, that doesn't get looked at enough, those two moves that Kermit made, the defense with Gafford. Offensively, you know, doubling down, he doesn't like to pass out of it. And then secondly, he wasn't good at coming out of long rotations, and they ate him up with Dom there. So third lottery pick, you know, what Ole Miss doesn't have. I mean, this guy's for real. Uh, you know, Ole Miss was able to exploit him, and, and I, I mean, that was obviously the difference in the game. Yeah, high ball screens and pick and roll actions, and Daniel Gafford, the way he defends those high ball screens, he stays out with the long roll. So Terrence Davis would make it switch out, switch off, and then he'd dump it down to Dom, and Dom would have an easy conversion. I mean, the guy was five for five in the first half of thirteen points, and everyone was looking around going, "Oh my God, he's outperforming a lottery pick." Well, it's by design. I mean, it's the way in which they attack. The one thing he doesn't do very well in the defensive end. Really good defensive player, and uh, you get him man to man, he's going to shut you down, but. If you can get him high ball screen, uh, long rotations, I mean, you can take advantage of him. And they saw that in the scout. And they saw uh, defensively in the scout. If we track him, track everything he does, he's not a guy that likes to pass out of traps or pass out of things. He's not really a passing big, though he can, he can pass around. Um, that was a really smart and, and uh, wise move just to really the way to attack but Daniel Gafford specifically in scout. My point being is that we're seeing these master coaching moves every game. Uh, and, and they're working. Yeah. And there's going to be games where we're going to have some coaching moves that aren't going to work. I mean, you know, or the other team's going to just do on some top things, of their game. Yeah, you know, making shots like but, LSU. But, man, game in and game out, Kermit and his staff have one or two things up their sleeve that, that make a difference in games that, you know, <laughs> is very impressive to me. That, that's why they are where they are because – Kermit Davis has always had a reputation of being able to get the most out of his talent. But what do we really mean by that? Well, they have a really good scout. Uh, Win Case is the, the guy who goes and does the, the scout at the opponent every single week. And he does a tremendous job of that. And then Kermit will, will take that scout, do a semi-scout of his own, and then go and implement it. And when you, when you have a coach that, yeah, they run the same offensive sets every game, but knows where to attack a team offensively and defensively and, and fit the personnel to do that, that that – allows for a team that is not as talented, as almost isn't as talented as, as Arkansas or Alabama, but to be able yeah. to go out there and compete and, and win those type of games. And you're right about the crowd. I, it, when the pavilion was built three years ago, it was built with this kind of a team in mind to where they give you something to go cheer about and you want to get the pavilion because when the pavilion is packed, it's an incredible atmosphere. I mean, I look, I've been covering games in there for three years now, and against Arkansas in the first half when Ole Miss is making a run, um, to, to really jump out in front of them and how loud it got and to look around and see this arena that's every bit as nice inside as athletics forum and it feels like an NBA arena. I was like, oh my God, this is what basketball is supposed to feel like. It, was, it never felt like almost really in the basketball game um, back in the tad pad, just mainly because of the arena in which they play. But now, I mean, it, this team is good enough and, and the crowd is, is into it and showing up. It almost feels like it's it's serious about basketball. I mean, they've had the position for three years. It never has almost basketball felt so real to me than it does hey. now, and that's a credit to the fans. Ben, thank you so much for your time. i got Kermit on the other line. need to ask him a oh, couple yeah, of questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. Hey, bud. See you later. <laughs> See you, Ben. All right, now we're joined by the man of the hour, Mr. Kermit Davis, our co-host, who's on the road yes, to uh, – 
Tuscaloosa. Kermit, thank you for taking just a couple minutes with us. Give us a little scouting report on Alabama. Yeah, you know, you, they've really played a real, like we all have, but they've really played a difficult schedule. I mean, they're, they're at Tennessee, uh, at LSU, Kentucky at home, at Missouri, and then they got, you know, got stung kind of in a last-second shot uh, versus A&M at home. But, you know, I mean, you watch the Tennessee game, they go like one for 11 from the free throw line, second half, and they win. I mean, they just, they got down 10. They were just as physical as Tennessee. They were very good. And, uh, a lot of length. Looks like those typical Alabama teams, guys, you know, just really good point guard and a lot of length curve goal. Coach, I was particularly impressed by the bounce back game against Arkansas because I was anxious to see how your team was going to react after a, a, a pretty good loss to LSU. Um, and they did everything you would want them to do as a coach, I'm sure. Yeah, we had we had two really physical practices uh, Thursday and Friday, and uh, you know the second half versus LSU. The game was decided about a minute and forty seconds. I mean, it went from one to nine. We turned it over three straight times, but I didn't think our team was as tough as we needed to be. We gave up a big percentage, field goal percentage. Now you know LSU got ranked today, and I think for so what they'll be a top. 10 or 15 team there and maybe as talented as anybody in the league. But, uh, mm-hmm. but it was. It was good. We had physical workouts. Our guys responded, and, uh, and it was really good. I thought we really played, especially got great play out of our five men at Don Bruce. Coach, uh, what is going to be your keys for this Alabama game? They're so long, especially in that post, like LSU. They've just got a lot of NBA-looking players. How, how do you counter counteract that? Well, you know, they – they really get in transition at home. Kyle Lewis, the freshman, is a really good player. Uh, Patty, who you know, had 30 at Tennessee, you know, is like 70% of his shots in his career are three. So, you know, you've got to guard the line. But then the biggest thing I'm telling you guys is just we've got to just keep the ball moving, first side dribble shots. Uh, you've got to trust the offense on the road. And then just do the things that we've done. And then we can be in great shape. You know, it's a really good team. And, you know, match them on the board. So just, you know, just what I tell our guys is that guys, we just kind of get redundant every time we play because it's really the same things matter. Coach, I, I got to – I hope you don't mind me asking you this because I know coaches like one game at a time, but we're only on once a week. Uh, Iowa State looks pretty strong as well. Yeah, that's a – I mean, that's a, that's a marquee matchup for us, you know, that – you know, you got them coming on Saturday. I think ESPN picked up the game. And they just got ranked today. And, you know, they've won beating Kansas, won at Texas Tech. I think they got Kansas tonight on TV, you know, at Kansas. They have the heck of the game. They're just they're deep, so talented. Their guards, their skill level is really, really high. So it will be. It'll be another great, great matchup and another great opportunity for a Quadrant 1 game. Coach? I was so impressed by the fans Saturday coming back after a loss against LSU. I thought it was just as important as the team coming back after a loss as the fans coming back. Yeah, I think you're right on with that. I don't think there's any question. I mean, they they responded just like our players did. Uh, I mean, and I'm telling you that and I say it all the time that energy level it jumps through the TV. These people that watch it and the energy level is different. Uh, I think there's only maybe. 500 last for Iowa State. That one will sell out. And, uh, you know, so it'll be another great, great crowd on, uh, on Saturday. 
Y'all, you mentioned Dom and Bruce being the keys in in the Arkansas game. I also thought DC Davis came in and and uh, you know provided you with what you need him to provide you. Yeah, he has. You know, just a gut feeling of mind to, to start him. I just thought he deserved it, kind of what he's what he's done. And I thought his uh, you know his plays, his fifty fifty balls, the way he finished balls around the around the goal, and uh, you know Devontae is our point guard, but. But it sure was good to see all of D.C.'s hard work pay off. Coach, 8 o'clock tomorrow against Alabama at Tuscaloosa. Good luck to you, and thank you so much for these four or five minutes. We we really appreciate you being on every week. Thank you, Coach. You got it. Always enjoy being with you guys. See you now. Thank you, you buddy. Good luck tomorrow. All right, Kermit Davis. Got a tough task tomorrow mm. and Saturday. Yeah. 8, o'clock, 8 o'clock in Tuscaloosa tomorrow. 11 a.m., remember that, old Miss fans, 11 in the morning against the Iowa State Cyclones, another top 25 team. And, Chuck, he always says, you know you have arrived when you start going on the road and you have 1,000, 1,500 fans there that travel with you everywhere. Important for the Rebels to make it over there to uh, Tuscaloosa tomorrow. It's an 8 o'clock game, plenty of time to get over there. I agree. Rebel Flashback brought to you by Abner's Famous Chicken Tenders with location at Oxford, the uh, original on University Avenue off the square, and then in Tupelo, Memphis, and Brandon. Okay, so I lied last week saying I would go further back with the next Rebel Flashback, but I think this is is pertinent. You can tell a lot about a team and how they respond after a loss, a whole lot. Can the coach get them ready to strap it on again with confidence, or are they deflated? Do the players attack with hunger, or are they passive in their approach? Do they come out of the starting blocks hoping for a better play or forcing and dictating the action? When something goes wrong, as it does in every game, do they hang their heads or just move on to the next play? Those were some of the questions facing the 18th-ranked Rebel Hoops team last Saturday when Arkansas invaded the pavilion after a Tuesday loss to LSU at home had momentarily burst their SEC winning Ways The answers were obvious from the start of the contest. Kermit Davis had them ready. They played with confidence. They attacked with hunger. They started quickly. They dictated the action, and they never blinked when something went wrong. In the end, the Rebels cruised to an 84-67 to impressive win in what Davis called our best game of the year. There's a lot of hoops left to play. The Rebs are going to lose again, maybe more than once. But now we see how they handle losing very well, and that gives them a chance to be pretty special. P.S., it was cool to see how Rebel fans handled the LSU loss as well. They showed up strong for the Razorbacks. Pat on the back for Rebel Nation also. Rebel Flashback brought to you by Abner's Famous Chicken Tenders. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I Very you, well said. I, you know, I, I've said this three times tonight, but I was really, really impressed with Ole Miss fan base because we hadn't had a whole lot going well for us lately, you know? Easy to jump off the boat. Easy to jump on and off. Especially when it's easier when it's a non-football sport. Yeah. You know, it's it's a niche. It, you got to yeah. get them on, and it's, it's, it's hard to gain them and easy to lose them. Yeah, and uh, I, I just feel like uh, Ole Miss fans are sophisticated enough in what they know about basketball that they know – Good basketball, and they love they the style it. of basketball right now. You know, I, I think that really is a big draw as well. Yeah, well, who wouldn't? I mean, I, I certainly <laughs> do. Um, and next week, I'm, I'm going to try to get an update on the 
four signees that uh, Kermit had earlier. Yeah, yeah. We'll go. And Tavian Collum, uh, small forward out of Memphis. Uh, Rodney Howard, 6'10". Center. Center out of Roswell. Sammy Hunter out of the Bahamas. Power forward, a 6'9 kid. And Bryce Williams, a 6'3". I, they say shooting guard on this thing. Uh, I've Chucky it off says today, Sammy Hunter, the kid out of uh, Bahamas, six nine, is as talented as any kid he's ever signed. Really? Yeah. But now I thought uh, Bryce Williams was a point guard. He is. Okay. They think he's the best JUCO guard out there. He is very high on that young man. They got some good ones coming in next year. It's only going to get better. All right, we'll be right back. Every important message from our wonderful sponsors on the Cannon Motors Mississippi Radio Hotline. Hang tight. This is the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. The lines are open at 888-808-8637. And now, back to the Rebel Yell Hotline. All right, welcome back. Final segment of tonight's Cannon Motors Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. If you want to splurge but you love to save, your timing's perfect. Switch to Ceasefire and get up to $500 off one of their top smartphones. Limited time only. For more details, visit ceasefire.com. Ceasefire, customer inspired. Uh, Rhino, you got uh, SEC News queued up? I got it. All right, baby, let's roll it. It's time for this week's report from around the SEC. Brought to you by Cheney's Pharmacy, home of the Ugly Mug Coffee and TCBY Yogurt. Located next to the library on Bramlett Boulevard. You're listening to Rebel Yell Hotline's edition of SEC Sports News. The basketball conference standings are starting to take some shape. Tennessee, who seems to be far and away the strongest team in the conference, is in first place at 16-1 overall, 5-0 in SEC play. The Volunteers are also ranked number one in the nation this week. Alabama gave Rick Barnes and company all they could handle in Knoxville on Saturday, 71-68, but Tennessee survived. LSU is in second and the only other team undefeated in conference play. The Tigers knocked off Ole Miss in Oxford last week and dominated South Carolina at home. Kentucky, Ole Miss, and South Carolina are all just behind at 4-1 in conference play. The Wildcats survived a thriller in Auburn on Saturday, 82-80. Kentucky is all the way up to number 8 nationally, while Bruce Pearl's Tigers are number 16. Ole Miss ranks number 20 ahead of Mississippi State at number 22 and LSU number 25. Games in SEC play to watch this week include Mississippi State at Kentucky on Tuesday and Auburn at Mississippi State on Saturday. Of course, the Big 12 SEC Challenge tips off this week. Kentucky hosts number 9 Kansas, Georgia hosts Texas, and Arkansas travels to number 14 Texas Tech. Ole Miss hosts number 24 Iowa State at home at 11 a.m. That's all for now. Talk with you next Monday night, Rebel fans. All right, thank you, Jack. Good job as usual, man. I can't can't wait for eleven o'clock Saturday to see the big SEC Big Twelve challenge against it's going to be Iowa fun. State. That another we need another packed house. For I that. love watching AK after the game on the SEC Network yeah, giving his you know ana- uh, analysis of everything. He's that, really good. It is He's really it's good. A perfect blend. And we got uh, Alabama tomorrow night at eight o'clock in Tuscaloosa. If you get a chance. If you're in the area or if you want to go over there, you got plenty of time to get over there. Short drive work. over from Jackson, Oxford. Yeah. Just boom, bam, boom. Yep. 
All right. Good, bad, and the ugly brought to you by Big Delta Power Sports in Batesville. If you need a four-wheeler, side-by-side, or lawnmower, Big Delta Power Sports is the only place to shop. Brett Rousey and his staff will give you a great deal on the model you want with affordable financing and competitive prices. Or you can just pay cash. That's fine, too. That's Big Delta Power Sports in Batesville. Good. After losing to LSU at home for their first SEC loss of the year, the men's hoops team Face some adversity for the first time. How would they bounce back? How would they respond? Would they defend their home turf against Arkansas? How would Devontae Shuler respond and his replacement at starting point guard D.C. Davis, for that matter? Well, have no fear. The Rebels did not allow the, sh- the showing against LSU to bother them too much as they defeated the Hogs 84-67 before a sellout crowd at the Pavilion. Dom Olenicek. Got things rolling early, and the Rebs never looked back while also shutting down the Razor man's, Razorback's big man, Daniel Gafford, with a double team every time he touched the ball. Beautiful play, beautiful coaching again. The fans also responded after the setback to LSU. They showed up again. That's how you build a program, Yancey. Coach Yo won her second SEC game in a yeah. row by defeating Florida at home after beating ranked Kentucky and Lexington. I'm surprised, to be honest, but it's a good surprise. The bad and ugly, well, all rolled into one. I'm not an NFL guy. I did not watch the championship games yesterday, but I know a lot of Rebs are Saints fans, and so I watched the no-call would-be penalty to see what the fuss was about. Man, it was egregious. It could have been pass interference or targeting. Take your pick. It's a shame the NFC title was decided that way. But that's for one reason I gave up the NFL years ago. Sorry for you Rebel Saints. The Good, Bad, and Ugly brought to you by Big Delta Power Sports in Batesville, Mississippi. I know we're two weeks away, Yancey, uh, but give me a prediction on the Super Bowl, Patriots and wow. Rams. Gosh. Well, you know the Patsies are in there, so I'm not happy about that. But uh, I'm going to go I'm gonna go the Rams 31-28 over the Patriots. A lot of that's my, my heart, though, because I'm rooting against New England. New England. Why are you just? Oh, that's right, because they beat your Stillers <laughs> very often, regularly. That might have something to do with it. <laughs> have something to do with it, just a little bit to do with it. Yeah. Um, what's the key tomorrow night in, in Tuscaloosa? Handling those bigs, getting Dom and, and Bruce again uh, productive uh also, D.C. being able to handle their pressure defense. They got long guards. They're just long, Chuck. They're longer than even uh, LSU, and they're the longest team in the league this year, and that length is, is something that Ole Miss will have to deal with. Boy, they didn't. They couldn't deal with it against LSU. I thought LSU's length was a killer. Yeah, and if they weren't long, they could jump to the top of the board. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> LSU's the most talented team they I've are. seen physically so yeah, far the in most, the SEC. Yeah, they're the most talented team. But obviously Tennessee's awfully good. Aren't they number one in the they nation are. right They're now? playing the best basketball in the country, but watch out for Kentucky. They're re- really getting it together as well. They are? Yep. Well, uh, doesn't State go to Kentucky to, I, I tomorrow? I don't know. I don't know. I think Mississippi State goes to Kentucky. Um, baseball's kind of cranking up with practice. Yeah, February 15th. I mean, it's going to be here before you can snap a finger. Yeah. I um, hope it gets warmer before we go out there sitting in, in a cold well, shivering. Yeah. It's, you know, you got to gotta play in the elements. Yeah. I mean, someone dressed like you are with the 1978 <laughs> hoodie on, you'll be able to make it out there. Yeah. yeah. 
Yep, you're no, no question. <laughs> All right, we'll be back next Monday night with the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. Stay tight, stay tuned, and thank you for listening. Good night, everybody. Howdy toddy. Time inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.